Welcome to another episode of the American Dream, a show that's unscripted, that combats negative media, commercial free. If you get anything out of today's show, it's about dreaming big. Let's start the show right now. We do it in the spirit of going against the grain of the negative media, giving inspiring information, and having people walk away from our show with something of value. You're seeing a disruption in both the real estate and the mortgage space. A lot of people just not willing to put in the work. What video does is that it demands an emotional response. You know what I love about the show? It's totally <laughs> unscripted. <laughs> So we talk about this show, The American Dream. A big piece of it is how it's a mindset, not a circumstance. I don't know if there's anyone who better illustrates it than a guy named Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone is a guy who came from nothing. He's built a successful empire that sells books, products, coaching. Overall, just a very inspirational guy. So we're here in Miami and we're sitting in a bank. Now, what you don't know is the bank, actually the, all this commercial space, Grant just bought it. So we're gonna go meet Grant, we're gonna walk around, show his company culture, get to know his story uh, a little bit better, and then we're gonna go visit his private jet. So this should be a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and let's check this out, follow me. So let me bring you back here, Craig. Uh, okay. uh, so this is a this is our e-commerce right here. We'll do about maybe 40 Mind this year. I snap a few no, no. shots and everything. And, and so, hey, Ryan Seco, how you doing? Amazing. He, he's a pilot and, and works in the real estate. He's Look moved amazing. from phones to pilot to we're going to raise a billion dollars in cash for real estate deals. So we, we bought this building and we're blowing out all the way to that side. I need all the yeah, room in it. Yeah, what's going on guys? What's going on? Hey, so this, this is the boiler room right here, okay? These guys are making phone calls all day long, cold calls, warm calls, and follow-up calls. Hey guys, say hi to Craig, will you? That's how we roll, dog. That's how we roll. I'm Kara Kay with the American Dream. I get to meet with Ryan Surhant of Million Dollar Listing. It's an exclusive interview and it's one you won't want to miss. Are you ready to, to cheers to your book and your all your success? Sure. Okay. Are we are we drinking this? Yeah, I'm I mean Are we chugging? I know it? nothing about wine. I'm Kara Kay, and today I get to speak with Ryan Serhant. He is here in San Diego promoting his book. We are excited to read it. You do so well in real estate, and you know the power of media and TV. Thank you again for being here with us. Thanks for having me. Of course. With so. the wine in the wine room. It couldn't be classier, in my opinion. I know. It's very classy. I should have worn a tie. So I know that you know the importance of TV and media. How important do you think that is in real estate today? I think media is incredibly important in all businesses. I think any business that does anything for marketing in any way, shape, or form is now a media company. 
I mean, if you're a real estate brokerage like I am in New York City, we don't build the apartments, we don't build the buildings, we're not really real estate brokers, we're, we're media brokers, right? I find different ways to market my properties via media. And so for me, television has been huge, um, and now we do a lot through the digital space, right? You can see that a lot of networks are going digital, I have a YouTube vlog now, just to try to hit a different, you know, a different viewer base, it's, it's really important. Sure, I think you of all people know the importance of getting exposure to listings, which is why you've gotten into TV and media. Now talk about the transition into how important it is to be social as well as on TV. Yeah, I think that if you're a salesperson, right, which is what the book is for, is anybody who sells anything, you, you're really selling yourself, right? It's you're creating a relationship. You sometimes have to talk about the product. Sometimes you have to go into the price. Sometimes you have to go into the features. You need to have all that information, but that's, that's what you need to do. That's the job, right? Everything else, especially through social media, especially through different forms of media, is building that relationship passively. Right? This you and I talking right now is an active communication, building a relationship. Right. But I can hit so many more people through social, right. through YouTube, through LinkedIn articles. People talk about passive income all the time. For salespeople and for a lot of people in our generation, kind of the you know the gig generation. We have passive relationships, our passive income, because those will turn into other sources of work for us down the line, and we just don't even know what they are. If you are talking to a realtor who really wants to make it tomorrow and in the future, what would you, what advice would you give them? I, I am always blown away when I meet new salespeople, especially real estate agents, who post on Instagram once a month, who aren't doing anything on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitter, and they say, well, that's not really me. Well, then, like, then the job isn't really you. Thank you for watching. Link, subscribe, you know what to do. Oh. Oh. You can't sit there and complain about not having business or sit there and complain about how the market's so tough if you're not actively doing things that are under your control. And what's under your control is putting out media. There's so many different places to absorb content these days and so many real places to hit real people to target them directly in your neighborhood, on your block, like that age group. It's all about consistency too, right? That's it's a really, really important word and it takes a long, long time. Like for me, you know, it took me three years before I stopped thinking about quitting real estate every day. It was, it was tough. And same thing for, for social media and all forms of media. Like you have to be consistent with what you put out there all the time and that way people know what to look for. Now, what do you guys think as a team, what does the American dream, I guess, mean to you in your office? It's, it's freedom of choice to be able to own a home if you want, or rent a home if you want, or to be able to have this job or that job or this opportunity or that opportunity without repercussion other than your own expectations and your own stress that you put on yourself. I really do think that everybody has that thing in their stomach that is trying to get them to that next level in their life that they actually can take control of, but not everybody wants it. And you know, that's the one thing I can't teach. Like I can teach a lot in the book about how to find what your motivation is, how to find what's gonna wake you up every day, how to find what's gonna help you make a little bit of extra money every single month, but I can't teach you to want more for yourself. You have to want that on your own. So we're cheersing cheers to the American, American dream. dream yes. Okay, let's do that again. Okay. So it's like for real. Okay, cheers. cheers. All right. To the American dream. Mm. Am I supposed to drink more? No. Okay. How did we do? <laughs>
I am infamously terrible at outro. No, I'm a real dude. And so where are we? What, what is this here? This is the e-commerce department. So we do about 40 million out of here. Everything Facebook, Instagram, webinars. What, what is the, the product line? So the coaching. The, the product line is everything from from uh, 10x hat, 20 bucks, cufflinks to uh, $80,000 program right here. So this is educational. This is, this is what I started with. I was basically educating uh, sales organizations, big big companies like from banks to car dealers, uh, car manufacturers, on how to handle a customer differently. So he's doing a video Skype conference call. Let's go back and see. Hey guys, how's it going, guys? They can hear you. Hey, you guys are awesome, man. I got my little glow on. How do I look? Dark. You're looking good. Dave's got a little filter, light filter here. Hey, really appreciate you guys. William, Jason, Elliot, Amanda, Lauren, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for being a customer. Anything we can do to help you guys, let us know, all right? Okay, thank you. So uh, that's uh, how we support our customers through Skype calls, Zoom, conf video conference. What's up here? This is a stat board. Okay, this is uh, Jeremy's made 110 calls. George Badia's got two minutes and 44 seconds, uh, two hours and 44 minutes of talk time already. Corey Gill, I don't know where Corey. Corey Gill, where you at, Corey Gill? Two appointments set, man? Did you set them both? Your mom and your uncle. Come on, man, come on. It's safe to say that craft beer has been making waves throughout the entire country, and especially right here in San Diego. I'm super excited to share this next location with you. Not only do they have incredible beers, but the owner has also paid an amazing tribute to his heritage and upbringing. I think AJ Powers is definitely getting the VIP treatment inside, so I think we should hurry up and join him. Hey, AJ. Hey, Tony, how are you? Good, thanks hey. for having me. Thanks for coming. So we're here with uh, Mark and Grant at Papa Marcel's Cerveceria. Nice, to, nice meet to meet you. you. Pleasure. So immediately when I walk in, I can feel the history and the heritage, but you guys just opened up. Yep, we've been open for a month and a week. Congratulations. As of this last Sunday, so thank you very much. That's kind of been a long time coming. It's been something that Grant and I have both been in the in the beer industry for a little while. I've been in it for 25 years, so uh, built a couple other brands around town and just kind of got to a point to, why am I doing this? Why am I building all these other brands? You know, it's kind of time to take I a chance. Myself, right? Exactly. If I can do it for them, I can't. Why can't I do it for me? Sure. So that's kind of where where it got to that point. Grant's got a phenomenal pedigree. He's got got some awards in his hip pocket. He's done all right as a as a brewer. Yeah. So. It's good to have on your team, right? <laughs> he was the cornerstone for the brewery. It was really what it came down to. So sours are an aspect of beers that are kind of a hot, hot commodity these days. The market's kind of going that direction. So Grant's got a phenomenal style that really makes them super approachable, drinkable, uh, just fun drinking beers and Great. a little more in innovation happening at it at the same time. So. Man, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> now he's not going to be able to walk out the building. <laughs> so how did you hear about him? Actually, Ivan, my assistant, uh, he comes here all the time, met Mark, and he said, you know, you got to come in here. The beer's great. The atmosphere's great. So we came in last week and did a little uh, B-roll behind the scenes. It was awful having to have a few beers. It was a rough, <laughs> rough day. Yeah. Tough day at the office, right? Yeah. So we're, we're here. I mean, I think it's one of the best places I've been to locally. Our office is down the road. So happy to support local and, and keep 
things here in Carlsbad especially so absolutely I mean the thing that you mentioned already we haven't really got into but history do you want to tell us yeah. a bit about the name and yeah so so the name is actually a head nod to my family it is my great-grandfather it was Papa Marcy is what I knew him as uh, his name is actually Marcelino he's from Michoacan Mexico so down more further south portion of Mexico um, and he was heavily in agriculture down there and just got to a point where he wanted to better his family and moved up here to the United States in roughly 1920. And he moved to Santa Ana and he's got a heavy agricultural background, so up in Santa Ana and Orange County at the time, it was all groves and orange fields. So he, uh, he spent quite a bit of time up there, raised my grandfather and his nine siblings. So it was a, quite a big, good-sized family. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he's got great, great history with the state. There's actually a story of him basically on the wall. So we've got pictures of him from a textbook from 1937, where he's standing in a field and there, and it's roughly about irrigation. And it's literally what he brought was the picture is him standing with a with a shovel, and you can see the irrigation lines and the water running. That's all you really need. It's all about using gravity and being able to, to work it that way. So he brought in some innovation at the time and which which kind of helped that entire region. And in the picture that is taken of him there, it's actually where Disneyland is now. So Oh wow. So it's a little little bit of a change right? but, yeah. but it shows also the history within the state, not just within the family. So that's a great story. So how long does it take for a beer from start to finish to be made? Depends on the beer. There's different styles and different time frames, but roughly about two to three weeks is a good time frame. I'll let Grant kind of Yeah, most most beers are about two to three weeks okay. if we're if we're really pressed. Uh, a lot of the sours can can need to age up to 12 months, 18 months in the barrels, just depends on, on what we're doing. But How hard is that to sit and wait for that kind of long, long time? <laughs> Plenty, I know that, it's harder for me than I know it is that, for him. That first run of tequila barrels, we, we were just over tasting them the other day, and it's always, when do you think they're gonna be ready? <laughs> So is there such thing as like a premature beer that is still good or does it have to have that two to three weeks? Well, yeah, so your average beer, there's some things where the yeast will make the beer for you, okay. but it also will make some flavors that you don't really want and then it goes back and cleans them up for you. So your, your normal beer, yeah, you, you try to tighten that window too much and you're gonna get some, some butter or some flavors that you really don't want. So one of the things I wanted to ask you guys, where can I find the beer other than here? I know you mentioned that you were starting to get some handles out there. Right. How are you guys getting distribution? So we're just starting to do, we're, we're self-distributing. So uh, we're just starting our backyard for right now. So Carlsbad is really where we're focusing on. So Pizza Port right down the road at Bressy Ranch. Uh, they have us on tap, pretty much gonna have a beer on there rotating. Carlsbad is really where we're sticking. So Notorious Burgers has us on. Uh, as well as Hacienda de Vega, which I believe is kind of pretty close to your office. Yeah, we so. go there for margaritas every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> so we've got two handles on in there right now. We've got a sour beer, uh, as well as our Mexican lager, which is kind of turning into our cor cornerstone beer. Uh, they've got another location, so we're also in their Encinitas location, which is right at the entrance of Rancho Santa Fe. Awesome. I love it. Well, I love your story, the heritage, and thank you so much for inviting me and giving me a sneak peek into everything you do magnificently with beer. Thank you so much for coming. We appreciate it. We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three. Listen. What I love about you, Grant, is that there's a lot of people out there right now 
and, and they're, they're preaching bullshit, right? There's a lot of snake oil salesmen that live online now, and I've followed you, gotten to know you. You, you really live what you talk about. I mean, 10X isn't just some brand. Like you're actually someone who invests time, energy, and capital into growth. Where, yeah. where does that inspiration come from? Because it's definitely real, man. Uh, in the beginning uh, years of me being an entrepreneur, I was, I didn't spend any money. I didn't have any employees. I had a half of an employee. I worked out of my office. I did everything on the cheap. What year was this? This is, uh, I mean, late 90s. Okay. Even even for the first 20 years though of my career, like if you go back and look at what I was doing, I was a speaker and a consultant on how to grow a business, but I didn't have a business. Okay. And I hated it. Yeah. Because every time I'm talking to a guy about growing a business, when I went back to my hotel that night, I was just selling time. Sure. I was the guy you were describing. Why do you feel so much more confident today? I got, I got 115 employees that 30 of them probably will become millionaires. Wow. Uh, I'm not Facebook. I'm not Amazon. Like, I'm not doing this on the backs of Wall Street. The, this is this is now it's now real. I'm orchestrating a business. This is all happened in the last eight or nine years. Incredible. Yeah. When when you take the lid off of that's why I'm so passionate about what I talk about because when you take the lid off of um, this idea that you're going to work from home that's so popular today. Yeah. You're going to be a consultant or an advertiser or a marketer from your from your bedroom and you're going to make millions of dollars, it doesn't matter. You're, you're still not going to be a business. The online world creates so much opportunity, yeah. but there's also so much phoniness to totally, it, right? Totally. And there's, I'm in the middle of writing a book right now called American Dream 2.0, and it's talking about the digital age connectivity, but you can't ignore work ethic and real relationships yeah. and yeah. building social yeah. capital. And I yeah. think if you can bring those worlds together, it's probably the greatest opportunity in the history of mankind. I mean, look, at, you, you left San Diego to come to Miami to build your business out. You can't, yeah. it's you some point, get yeah. it, you can't do everything on Facebook and Instagram. There's still gotta be somebody pr putting time and energy and resources and risk. I really admire that about what you guys are doing with the with American Dream. Well, you know, and, and think about that term, the American Dream, a lot of people say it's dead. Right? Yeah. And the moment you stop dreaming, I think, is the moment that you're dead. Tell us what's next for you. So you got a big event coming up, but give us a three, five, ten years. Where, where do you think you go from here? You know, I have a company that I think I can take to $10 billion. I'm, I'm gonna, my goal is to build the biggest real estate company, privately held real estate company in the country. So you're still inspired, still hustling. Yeah, still still excited. We just, you know, uh, just released a book. It was the best, best release of any book I've ever done by 10 times. Wow. And um, so we're excited about a lot of stuff. I wanna make the people that either partner with me or work with me to be, you know, to do as well as I'm doing, if that's possible, and, and I think it is. Um, we're really inspiring people, yeah. man. As I was driving over here, you know, we're posting, doing, doing yeah. the social media thing too, and I can't tell, tell you how many messages I'm getting from people telling me to thank you. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Man. Yeah, so yeah. I hope uh, yeah. I hope you get that on the day-to-day, -day, but I just want to share that with you. Yeah. Appreciate you thank having you. us out. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, okay? We'll take it up in right. here next time. Yeah, let's do it. downtown San Diego's newest place to play has a game around every corner. There's so much to do, you can get lost in here for hours. Chad, I know 
sure your offices are downtown, but after a long day of work, where do you, what do you do? Where do you go? Yeah, good question. So, you know, we're moving into fall here. The days are getting shorter. So that means less, less work for me. So when I'm not out slinging real estate, I love to go out downtown. I love being able to walk to where I'm going so that I can just walk home afterwards. Or scooter. Or scooter. Absolutely. The, the bird, right? So one of my favorite new places is Punchbowl Social over in East Village. The place is amazing. It's huge. And Chad, I know you, you brought Eric here today, who's the general manager of this beautiful space. Eric, can you talk a little bit about what someone can expect to do here? Sure. So here at Punchbowl Social, we specialize in food, beverage, and activities. Do we have a number about? of activities ranging from bowling, Fonzini, which is a um, large player foosball. There's two ping pong tables, giant scrabble, a number of board games and card games. We have an 80s style arcade. So we like to think we have a little something for everybody to come in with friends, family, have a little something to eat and drink and then play some games and enjoy your time together. And it's also family friendly, which is great. Absolutely, absolutely. We allow children up to 10 p.m. each day. And is there also karaoke too? There are. There are actually three private karaoke rooms and surprisingly, those are some of the most popular games here. Chad, so what does something like this bring to the community in terms of real estate? So I think, it's, I think it's huge because living downtown is all about lifestyle, right? If you're going to move into a city center where there's lots of people, there has to be lots of activities for entertainment. So you've got about $7 billion in development going on in downtown right now, and there's nothing similar to this. I mean, you've got everything here right at your fingertips, and when it's cold out early, and you know, in San Diego cold, it still gets dark at 5 p.m. in the winter, right? And you get off work at 5, 5.30 looking for something to do. You're not out sailing on the bay or you know, going for a bike ride along the bay, right? You've got to have something to do. So I think this is a great venue to come, and whether you like sports or you like just being competitive with friends or even with colleagues from work, it's a great place to come socialize, and it's all walkable from many different places in downtown and even outside of downtown. And speaking about competition, Eric, not only do you have awesome com competitive games here, but you're also doing a fundraiser as well? We are, Melissa, thanks. On Saturday, November 3rd, the ABC Youth Foundation will be here, and what we're trying to do is uh, set up a boxing ring where we're gonna punch out and try to get to a million punches and help eliminate gang violence, racism, and mistrust of the police. So we have uh, ABC Youth Foundation partnered with us to help promote this event. People can buy tickets for $20, and they'll receive a little bit of food and beverage while they're here. They get to enjoy the facility and um, help hit those million punches. Wow, that sounds so awesome, and another great competitive way to give back. Absolutely. Melissa, in the spirit of some friendly competition, let's go get our game on right now. Ooh, challenge accepted. I'm taking you down. I don't know about that. And Eric, hey, we'll see you on the third. Thanks, Chad, so much. Yeah. Appreciate thank you, you being so here, much. Melissa. Thank Absolutely. you. See you on the third. All right, game on.
back with The American Dream. I'm joined by two gentlemen who are the experts in the real estate industry and mortgage industry. I've got Darren Triolo. He's with the Triolo Realty Group with Keller Williams Realty and Sam Hansen. He's the mortgage expert with the Gaylord Hansen Mortgage Team at Loan Depot. Sam and Darren, thanks so much for being here with me. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Of course. We've got some exciting topics. We know that the market's shifting a little bit, but there are opportunities for buyers, sellers. Darren, talk to me. How is What's going on with the market right now in terms of inventory and psychology? Yeah, so I mean, right now what we're seeing is inventory has really gone up. I mean, we started the year at about 4,500 homes for sale. Now we have over 8,000. So anytime you have a shift like that, that's still in the grand scheme of things, still fairly low inventory countywide. But to go from 4,000 and almost double that, what's happening is the psychology has really shifted. The buyers have a lot more leverage than they did six months ago. Sellers have to be a lot more realistic with their price points because market times have lengthened. And so the conversations and the expectation setting with our clients, it's really paramount that we're, as agents, on top of what's going on in the market because if we give bad recommendations or we get, we're not setting the right expectations, our clients can get really frustrated. And so what I've seen kind of over the last about month and a half is some opportunity for buyers with certain loan products that have always been around but just haven't really been feasible to use. Uh, specifically, why Sam's here to talk about some of the renovation financing, which if you think about it in a hot seller's market and you have a, a cash offer, and then you have someone with a renovation loan, the seller's more than likely gonna pick the cash offer. So right. what we're seeing right now is the investors are a little more hesitant to overestimate their, their after repair value when they flip a home. And so they're coming in with lower offers and that's opening up a space for people that are gonna live in the home and enjoy the renovation themselves for 10, 15, 20 years, now they have an opportunity to get that loan product and actually close a deal with it. The numbers will work out for somebody who is an end user. So Sam, talk to me about this renovation financing. How does that work for buyers? Yeah, so it, it is a unique opportunity to use a, a loan that's been around quite a while. Um, as inventory rises, there is more opportunity. Um, the, the, the buyer that's buying the home to live in it in the long run uh, typically isn't isn't have, they don't have the same mindset as an investor. So uh, what you do is you take a purchase price, you come up with the repairs or the renovations you'd like to make, and we lend on the after-improved value um, of, of uh, the home. So if you just take a quick example, uh, purchase price $400,000, you are gonna do $100,000 worth of repairs and renovations. Uh, so, you're lend so we're lending on a, a $500,000 um, price basically. So the down payment for an FHA is 3.5% in that case. After it, uh, the improvements are done, let's say it takes six months, the after improved value might be 550,000. So you could have an instant you know, $50,000 of equity built in right away. So it is a really, really unique product. FHA, VA to 100% in San Diego to, to almost 650,000 and conventional. Awesome. So, and now, Darren, you did mention that when you're competing with a cash offer, you know, when you do have this loan, how do you prepare buyers and sellers for a loan like this? Because it sounds like it's a no-brainer. It really does. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing for us is we have to partner with lenders like the Gaylord Hansen team because they're the experts in the lending side, but we have to know enough about the program to be dangerous, so to speak. So, mm -hmm. But really, it's about expectation setting. For our clients that are buying, we can introduce them when we, we send all of our clients to the Gaylord Hansen team anyway. But now they know their Rolodex of loans that are available for our clients. It kind of opens up the inventory that we can look at as a buyer. And then we coach our buyer clients, hey, let's look at some homes that might need a little bit of work. Six months ago, you wouldn't have been able to buy it, but now we think we'd be able to be competitive. And then on the flip side, on the seller side, it's educating our sellers on, hey, we might see some buyers come through with different loan products. Let's say that the home is 
in awful shape. And maybe, you know, a lot of agents just put cash only in the MLS. If you put cash, VA, FHA, conventional, now you're expanding your marketplace to a lot more people, a lot more eyes on the property. And that will ultimately, hopefully drive a higher sales price for the seller because they're not just focal pointed on a cash investor that's gonna try and really undercut the value. So very true, really is beneficial to both buyers and sellers alike. Now, aside from lending and you know this market shift, I know you have a really beautiful property in Point Loma on Garrison Street. Tell yeah, me about so it. we've got a really awesome listing. It's, it sits up high in Fleet Ridge, so right on the hill in Point Loma. Uh, the address is 3526 Garrison Street. This home is all about the views. I mean, you can see downtown, Coronado, the harbor, all the way out to Point Cabrillo and the ocean. Um, it's a four bedroom, three bath, just shy of 2,500 square feet on almost 12,000 square feet of lot. And it has a, a 400 square foot guest house. We're listed at a million five fifty. the home two doors down. That was a little bit larger, it sold for 2.1 million. So our home is just priced, I think, very, very well. Sounds like it. Um, it does have just amazing views from the room. And then in the kitchen, it could be remodeled. So it's kind of a blank slate for someone to come in and maybe even use like a VA renovation loan on mm -hmm. this to buff out the kitchen. And you would get, you know, a two or three times return by remodeling that kitchen for the new owner. Well, in, in connection with a home like this, uh, there's expanded product availability nowadays, 5% down jumbo uh, loans, where so you're putting only 5% down and you can use what you previously would have put down in jumbo loans to renovate something like a kitchen. So it's almost like a, 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 a renovation loan, but there's some really, really good opportunities out there for buyers right now. Darren, this sounds like something that just opens up a lot of opportunities for both buyers and sellers, but with something like this, there has to be a catch. What's, is it a, the longer length of escrow or what is, is there yeah, anything wrong? You know, it, it's an education process. It's really getting the buyer prepared, letting the seller know that you're prepared. Um, I think the biggest misconception is that it takes too long, and it's just it, it's just not, it's just not true. Um, we just closed a renovation loan in 31 days. I would say the typical escrow period is 45 days to make it smoother, but it can be done quickly, and it does not have to take a long time. Cool. Well, you guys, thank you so much for sharing this information. I think it opened up a lot of people's eyes to the opportunities they have to buy a piece of real estate in San Diego. So, Sam and Darren, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Thanks so much for having us. Of course. Thanks for watching The American Dream. We'll be right back with more. So that's all for today's episode of The American Dream. Look, The American Dream is about overcoming adversity or dreaming big. Hope you enjoyed today's show, always combating negative media. Don't forget you can follow us on social media. See you next week.